Hello and welcome to Turbo Geeks, a short format pod where dope people talk about dope topics. On today's episode, Murph on Memorial Day. All right, so we're about to hit Memorial Day, actually tomorrow, uh, and in the CrossFit world, usually Memorial Day means the the hero workout, the benchmark called Murph, uh, named in memory of Navy Lieutenant Michael Murphy, who was 29 uh, when he was killed, uh, of Pechoge, New York. Uh, He was killed in Afghanistan on June 28, 2005. This workout was one of Mike's favorite, and he named it Body Armor. It first appeared on the CrossFit main site on August 18, 2005. Uh, This workout, for those who aren't aware, is four time, one time through. You're going to do a one-mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, finally uh, another mile run Uh, ideally you'd be wearing a 20 pound vest or body armor Uh, another rule here is you would partition the pull-ups push-ups and squats as needed and you would post your time somewhere this is kind of like a rite of passage workout for a lot of crossfitters so it's something a lot of people get excited for those who are pretty competitive might be you know planning and training to do this well this workout also showed up in the 2016 crossfit games as an event and they had to do it unpartitioned meaning uh the same way that i uh spelled it out earlier is how they did it one mile run 100 pull-ups before they could do uh, 200 push-ups before they could move on to 300 squats and then finally that last mile run and they were all given um, uh, plate carriers to wear I believe they were all 5'11 tactical um, vests so it's definitely not an easy workout Uh, this usually takes I believe the top time at the 2016 games was 34 something Josh Bridges Um, I think it was the previous year it showed up there too uh, with BKG um, winning it out. So uh, something to keep in mind. Now, this could obviously take over an hour if you've never done this before. And I think that was actually the first time I ever did it. Uh, it took me about an hour and I was wearing actual body armor uh, that was ill-fitting for my body. Um, the plates would dig into my thighs as I squatted every time and... For those who remember uh, Foundation CrossFit 1.0 all the way up in Lake City, for whatever reason, I decided our our mile run included this stupid long, it had to be 400 meters, like straight up a hill into a neighborhood, and then you would have to come back down it. So uh, not a good idea on my part, but uh, we've learned over the years, and obviously we're not in that same spot uh, now being in Capitol Hill, but same kind of idea. Um, 
most gyms will have to do the urban run because that's all you've got. So uh, today we'll be talking some strategy, uh, scaling, and a couple of pointers as far as the workout is concerned. Skills, strategy, and tips. I would say my first piece of advice for most people is do not hit failure. Um, Don't fail any reps. This could put you in a bad spot. And it also says uh, your, your pace and your intensity is probably out of whack. This is a long workout. So if you burn out too early, too soon, uh, you're just going to suffer the rest of the time. Now, obviously that's what these hero workouts are meant to do. Uh, but they should be doable. So if you're having a bad time because you can't move forward in the workout anymore, you should definitely think about scaling or modifying the movements, uh, to make sure that you can move, uh, switch it up before going further. So a couple of different options here. Many of you are familiar with the CrossFit benchmark Cindy, uh, as many rounds as possible in 20 minutes of five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 squats. Now, if you were to do a 20-round Cindy, that would equal the amount of Murph. That would be 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats. But uh, while people are well-versed in rounds of Cindy, I don't believe that is the best strategy there. Um, Mostly because depending on how you break this up, there could be a number of different issues that arise uh, from not allowing you to move forward that aren't necessarily stamina or cardiovascular, uh, cardiovascularly based. Number one, uh, because we're dealing with pull-ups, if you don't have good hand protection, if you're not taking care of your calluses and whatnot, uh, you could be at the risk of ripping a callus. And if your hands get bloody, Uh, If you obviously rip the skin off your hand, you're not going to feel good every time that you jump on the bar. Uh, It's not going to be clean for anybody. Uh, And then you risk, you know, getting sick or infecting the the area and stuff. So don't be gross. Take care of your hands uh, and or wear some grip protection. Ideally, you would have some actual grips, uh, gymnastic style grips, something to cover your hand. And if not, some athletic tape. Uh, taped a certain way could be uh, the lifesaver for you. Uh, Number two, if you're wearing a vest, this actually helps out a little bit more because the depth to the ground is probably a little uh, more shallow, but you still get the opportunity to kind of uh, make contact with the ground to get some of that kinetic uh, force back into your arms to pop back up. Finally, for the squats, depending on what kind of Uh, footwear you're wearing if it's obviously got a a taller heel that squat depth is going to be easier to to hold and to hit Um, but you can go classic with the Dynamax medicine ball as a butt target uh, to make contact and stand back up obviously driving your knees out and keeping your femurs and your knees in line with your pinky toe would be a good idea Uh, making the tissues stretch out to bounce you out of the hole rather than trying to just find some absolute bottom and then forcing yourself back up um, wouldn't be as ideal as the former. So those are some 
kind of tips to think about prior to getting in to prepare. Make sure that you have uh, hand protection. If you're wearing a vest, uh, make sure it's on as comfortably as possible so you don't feel like it's shifting around too much or uh, dragging or drooping, especially during the run and especially during the pull-ups. You wouldn't want that uh, sharp, sharp part to be hitting you in the chin or anything. And then finally, making sure that uh, you're obviously wearing something comfortable and flexible enough that you can squat, uh, but making sure that your shoes kind of help you out uh in regards to squat depth. That all said, actual strategy now. We talked about Cindy, and while that is like the classic way to break it down, I think the the strategy that would work better for most people is if you were to question what what of the three exercises burns out the most or burns out the fastest, they're going to say pull-ups. So rather than five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 squats, I would rather say five push-ups, five pull-ups, five push-ups, 15 squats. If you were to do that for uh, 20 rounds, you're, you're set. You get to avoid that um, muscular stamina burn with the push-ups because you're separating them out with the, with the pull-ups. Uh, and that's something to keep in mind. Another interesting one that I've seen is breaking up everything into fives and then rearranging it so that everything kind of stays fresh. It would be 20 rounds, and you would have to write this down. Uh, But I guess I'll put it in the show notes, too. This will be A, 20 rounds of 5 squats, 5 push-ups, 5 squats, 5 pull-ups, 5 squats, 5 push-ups. And then you would repeat that 20 times uh, to get that going there. That said, a lot of other people will kind of uh, just break up the numbers however they can according to their ability for like a good, small, doable, consistent set of push-ups. Another one I've seen is 33 rounds of three pull-ups, six push-ups, and nine squats. And then you just have to finish all that stuff out with uh, one extra pull-up, two extra push-ups, and three extra squats. So 33 rounds of three, six, nine, and then one more round of one, two, three. I've also seen 25 rounds of four pull-ups, eight push-ups, and 12 squats. And again, you could, because we're going with this is like one-third, two-third, three-third thing, you could go four pull-ups, I'm sorry, four push-ups, four pull-ups, four pull-ups. I'm sorry, I'm getting confused here. Four push-ups, four pull-ups, four push-ups, 12 squats, if that makes sense. Again, look at the show notes. This is all you know, a little funky for me. And then finally, uh, one of the other interesting ones that I've heard most recently is from Armin Hammer, Armin Hammer TV on YouTube. Uh, is he's been one of the guys really pushing for this new like wave of uh, CrossFit news uh, casters, sharers, whatever you want to call it, journalists. Um, he's actually a big fan of fifty rounds of two pull-ups, four push-ups, and six squats. That is a lot of transition time, but he says that because everything's so fresh, uh, you could you could just keep going. Uh, he also has a very interesting strategy uh, that we'll save for later as far as uh, writing and keeping track of your rounds. Alternatively, uh, 
you know, again, you could, you could break that up however you need to, but thinking in terms of like where you are in space, we'll go back to the, uh, if we're using this two, four, six as the example, you could do two pull-ups, three squats, since you just dropped off the bar, your feet are on the ground, hit those three squats before you kick back into four push-ups before you stand up into three more squats and you can continue kind of moving on there uh, for 50 rounds however you need to. So let's talk skills. In any long duration CrossFit workout um, that opens up specifically with a the, a huge cardio buy-in, um, you, you have to keep things in check, right? Uh, the opening mile doesn't win you the workout, but it could definitely ruin things uh, as far as the rest of the workout is concerned. Start with a pace that's comfortable, uh, so you could literally like shake the nerves out, uh, get a lay of the land, pay attention to how you're breathing, what your heart rate is like, uh, the condition that your body is in for the day. I know that specifically because we're doing this on Memorial Day, a lot of people partying or relaxing, hanging out with a bunch of family and friends, which means there's a lot of eating and maybe your your nutrition is out of whack. Maybe you stayed up too late, so your rest and recovery is out of whack. Maybe there's a lot of alcohol still left in the system. Uh, you have to keep that stuff in mind and kind of play to the level there. You can't expect that much from your body if it's not in peak condition. Um, so while you're in that run, pick up the pace as you kind of feel better and you know that you're in control. Um, but you know, again, the first run is the first run you've got, you still have a hundred pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats to do, and then you're still gonna have to run again. So keep that in mind. Don't burn out. Uh, cause it only accounts for the first 10 or less minutes of a potentially really, really fucking long workout. Number two, uh, I guess this is number two. This is number one because we haven't talked about anything yet. But the run, specifically the run, and the, the run as a skill. Uh, for those who have worked with me specifically before, I've been in my gym. I'm a huge uh, advocate of pose method running, and this is essentially broken down into the, to three parts. Uh, there's a pose, there's a fall, and a pull. So we're going to talk about each and every one of these. Number one, the pose. Again, in most of the things that I teach, they all fall back on like, you know, performance is great and stuff, but none of it matters if you live like a shitty life uh, and and your activities of daily life uh, suck because you get hurt or you don't feel as efficient. So posture is huge. Uh, within posture, uh, we want to make sure that at least from profile view, your body is stacked from ear, shoulder, rib cage, hip, knee, and ankle. When we're talking about running and specifically talking about the pose, I want to see your ear, shoulder, rib cage, hip, and ankle in line. Now, your ankle is actually going to be floating off the ground and you're going to be supporting yourself, or at least on the support leg, the one touching the ground, on the ball of your foot. We're going to be striking with the ball of our foot here. This doesn't work as well for any heel striking, um, but we could essentially think about it in terms of like return of energy on the body. Now, when you jump rope, you think about it this way, uh, pose method is essentially jump roping. So if I put my arms uh, down and forward of my body when I have a rope and I 
practice some single unders where my feet are both hitting to the ground and jumping at the same time. If I were to start splitting my legs a little bit, uh, so now I'm only on one foot at a time as I jump around, uh, remove the rope and instead of my arms being out, I pull them in. So my arms are at like 90 degrees. That's what I should look like when I'm striking the ground, right? I'm not hunched over or anything. I'm actually pretty tall. Uh, but that's essentially the pose. Dr. Romanoff, the guy who created Pose, found this simply by recording a bunch of athletes and then like animals too and seeing that there's a common thread and a common posture that everyone hits at some point within the frame, right? So knowing that we're going to hit it, we want to see if we can control and make sure that we get there and then get rid of any of the excess extra movement that might show up there. So uh, we're talking about posture through the support leg. What does it look like on the leg that's up? It's the exact same thing, ear, shoulder, rib cage, hip, knee, and ankle. I'm sorry, uh, ear, shoulder, rib cage, hip, and ankle because you've lost the knee. The knee has bent forward and the heel goes up towards uh, the butt, um, AKA where the hip is. Then you would, uh, you would switch, but we would talk about that in a second. So that's what the pose is. You would take that step, your, your foot comes up towards your butt and you're you're in good posture so number two the fall why actively use the legs you'll need for squatting and another mile when you could use the free energy called gravity falling property takes some practice but if you think about it this way um i was taught by coach nate helming of san francisco crossfit and the run experience check out that youtube if you haven't uh if you took a a standing PVC pipe, tilted it uh, five or 10 degrees and then pushed on the middle of it, that would represent your hips. And now you've got a falling like arch. Uh, you could put your body in that same position. So I'm, I'm in that pose position on the single foot, my other heel towards my butt. And then I push my hips forward with a slight tilt of the entire system. And now you're falling. You're literally going to fall forward at that point. But because your legs are in motion, you would never actually let yourself fall, right? A lot of people know what the sensation is when you're running down a hill at full speed. Obviously, we won't want you at full speed the entire time. But if you were to um, take away some of that that tilt of the, the system forward, uh, you would have essentially what we're looking for. Now, uh, something to be mindful of is that bending over in the hips is not falling because your torso is leaning forward that doesn't mean that you're falling because you if you get out of that posture that I stated earlier that pose position uh, you, you've kind of lost what we're talking about here um, so try to keep that in mind if you're falling you're not actively pushing into the ground to gain that momentum so you're not burning as much energy as you think you might uh, need to um, and that would take us to step number three, that cycling into that pose that now that I'm, I'm in that pose and I'm falling forward, how do I make this work? You make it work by number three, the pull. Many folks uh, focus on pushing into the ground. If you were to imagine you were running on sand or ice, uh, pushing would lead to dead momentum. Like you're not going anywhere because your foot is slipping, right? Or the ground is giving. Uh, to be successful, you'd have to think about the opposite you have a support foot that's touching the ground 
your body is in pose because it's touching the ground and it's the free leg the leg that's coming up that helps build that momentum uh, uh, into your fall a little bit so by focusing on pulling your support foot towards your butt you'd recycle the pose because now you'd be in pose on the other side uh, and you'd be moving forward right uh, this can be proven and I think it's been done multiple times uh, on the pose method YouTube channel because it shows Romanoff running on ice I know it works because let's say I go out uh, on a trip to somewhere in like California or a place with nice beaches and stuff I love that's the only time I love running is being able to run on a beach with clean sand I can do it because I focus on pull I don't I don't feel like I'm wasting my energy and I don't feel like I'm overly tired or anything and it makes me focus on my technique because if I follow these directions, pose, fall, pull, I move forward, no problem. Uh, the same thing happens when I'm here at home in Seattle. I actually do better on hills because it's the same kind of idea. I get the free fall forward because I'm, I just gotta push into the hill and I start moving forward. Uh, I did the Seattle half marathon a couple years back and I remember we were running in like first hill first hill towards Madison or up Madison or something like that Leshi and I, yeah, every time we hit a hill Lake City or not Lake City Lake Washington Boulevard heading towards Leshi or something and we're going up the, and down these hills and I would always pass people during the the hill portion and I never felt like I was overdoing it energy wise but that's something to kind of keep in mind uh, different story on flat ground I don't know what I'm doing there um, and it's been pointed out to me at like the CrossFit endurance events uh, and, and certs shout out to my buddy Dan Hollingsworth uh, of Kitsap CrossFit he took some video of me and I, was, I have no idea what the hell I was doing during that stuff but it's something to kind of keep in mind um, other fun tips visually you should have uh, as little oscillation as possible your your vision your TV screen shouldn't be jumbling and shaking uh, it should be more or less straightforward with a little bit of turbulence up up and down right but a Green Lake runner you are not you're not bouncing you're not uh, a gazelle or an antelope hopping in the fields right uh, quick quick short steps pulling over and over and over I should say one of the other things about the pull how high do you pull your foot it depends on your speed in a jog the ankle barely goes over the other ankle in a run uh, maybe your foot gets up to the level of the knee and if you were sprinting your heel would kiss your ass every time right and you can again maybe just uh, pull some videos up of people doing those different things select a video of a, somebody jogging and if they have a profile view check out how high their ankles go in that circle check out how somebody who is running a race uh, like the end of a marathon or something how high their foot goes and then finally watch some sprinters and see that their heels come all the way up towards their butt before they cycle that movement again modifying the run if you can't run because you've got a knee ankle hip uh, back issue or impact really uh, takes it on you you could obviously do a 2k row uh, and then one of the 
numbers that I would say to hit is if you were on a bike, you would do a 4K. Uh, and if you were unlucky enough to have to use a ski erg, I would say just do the 1600 meters, match it one for one. And uh, I think we would call it square. All right, and finally, the other skills, the pull-ups, the push-ups, and the squats. Number one, pull-ups. Do what you got. There's no reason to try a harder variation of the pull-up that you're not already comfortable with. So if you've been kipping pull-ups in the majority of your workouts, kip your pull-ups. If they're butterfly, uh, great. If they're the gymnastic-style kip, great. But if you're not consistent with that, don't try to pull it out today. Be a hero and then get rhabdo in your arms and your lats and all that stuff because uh, you try to push too hard. This workout is grueling enough with the volume. You don't need to do it. Um, but for those who have kipping, you're, you want to make sure that your positions are solid. Uh, let's start from like hardest to or more advanced to more novice um when it comes to the butterfly the way i like to really warm that stuff up is to take a pvc pipe and do a couple dislocates and find your end ranges and whatnot uh also for those who have been in my gym in the past month or so i'm a huge fan of just hanging up on a bar closing your grip down making sure you're as passive as possible in the shoulders and then giving the biggest like yes head nod that you can chin all the way down to your uh, chest and then pushing the back of your skull all the way uh, as far as you can and trying to maximize that range making sure your cervical spine is nice and warmed up lubricated with synovial fluid and all that stuff um, making sure that that overhead position and your scaps work really well uh, I would start off with some shrugs up and then you would start making uh, essentially forward shoulder rolls while hanging. And as that feels a little good, you could increase the range, start pulling on the bar, breaking your elbows out more and more and more and start trying to adopt more of a arch position towards the top of the motion with your chin and your chest and your eyes more towards the corner, the upper corner of the room rather than straight ahead and the bigger and better your rhythm um the higher uh you elevate your body through your pull and your kip the more it becomes a butterfly kip and that would be a one way to kind of like get it real warm and make sure that that movement is going to be solid when you need it for the day number two the gymnastic style kip uh this is the classic style kip that's taught by most crossfitters uh jumping and hanging on a bar arch hollow pop the hip to snap yourself up push away from the bar to come back down ride the kip go again there you go uh making sure that your hollow position your legs your abs your hip flexors all know how to work in unison to make sure that you get that position but specifically the arch and that overhead mobility um is something that is is obviously hugely important to make sure that the the pull-ups don't lead to some shock into the rotator cuff where you might 
you know, tear a labrum or get something called a bucket tear because you're just, you, you know, why does CrossFit get a lot of criticism? It, it's because we use some momentum in our pull-ups and that people get proved right when you fuck up your shoulder. So don't be one of those assholes who proves uh, the naysayers wrong. Again, use the movement pattern that you're good in and that is safe for you especially because you know you're getting 100 pull-ups today and that could either be a bulk 100 or it could be broken up and partitioned however it needs to but make sure those positions are safe make sure like i mentioned earlier you're wearing grips to keep your hands uh solid and then finally if you don't have either of those i would say you kind of have two versions here version number one would be the uh endurance or or vertical stamina iteration and that would be a jumping chest to bar pull up i like saying i like granting um or forcing a little bit more range of motion on these but essentially you would find a bar that when standing on the ground or on an object would lead you to 90 degree uh bends in each of the elbows and then you would squat all the way down until your arms are straight because that's the standard that we have for the pull-up. Straight arms, chin higher than the plane of the bar, and then back to straight arms. Uh, and then you would dip down and then you would use as much leg as possible to jump up, uh, pull your elbows down to see if you could get some pull on it. Ideally, your chest would make contact because you would be in that arch position. You'd fall back down, catch yourself on your legs. Your legs would control you back down to straight arms and you repeat. Number two, if it's not necessarily going to be a stamina thing because you know you're going to suffer after that first uh, mile, I would go to ring rows. Ring rows are a classic movement that help build uh, your scaps and your rotator cuffs, especially if you get some rotation in the hands as you move. Uh, But it's also a solid uh, builder for your lats. So that would be the other um, pull-up iteration I would have most people do. Push-ups. Now, everybody's got this, and I believe everybody can go uh, straight arms to toes, back to straight arms, or back to the ground, and then back all the way up again. Uh, A couple things that you have to kind of keep in mind. Ideally, you would keep your body in a completely straight line the entire time, but it gets messy, and this is why you don't see CrossFit events have push-ups in there, because they're fucking hard to judge. So, it's about athlete honesty the entire time. Um... But there are things that like, hey, you want to be efficient in this workout. So I would say you would hit a, a normal plank, except your goal would try to be to adopt a little bit of an arch. You would lock your legs, but squeeze your butt down towards the ground a little bit. Present your chest through your arms just a tad and lift your chin up just a little bit more. Uh, this would be something similar to like a bench press position. Depending on where you like to put your hands, uh, I would tell people to kind of uh, move in such a way that at the bottom of the push-up, your hands are just outside your rib cage a little bit more, and then you could play with width. You go as narrow as you want or as wide as you want, and I would also suggest that you would change that up in different sets or different times of the workouts. So if you had this 50-set uh, kind of workout, maybe for the first uh, 25 or 20 sets, you would have your hands narrow, and then the next you would go wide, and then... Uh, for the last couple of sets, you would switch it up however you need to. Um, but that's how I would play with the push-up. If, if you need to, you could arch rock yourself down and then arch rock your way back up. Um, otherwise, 
You would hold yourself in the top of the plank, break at the knees until they make contact with the ground, come down for the push-up, push back up onto the knees, and then get back on the toes each and every time. And I would consider that cool. If you really need help because that uh, kind of uh, loading is a little too much, that leverage is too much for the body, then I would say elevate the hands onto a higher object, whether it be a plyo box or uh, something higher. Finally, the air squat. Like I mentioned earlier, if you need the tools, if you need a, a, a depth gauge like a medicine ball, use it. Otherwise, everyone knows the standard full lockout. Hips break uh, the plane of the top of the kneecap. Break parallel and then you stand back up. Lock those legs, squeeze that butt, make sure your chest gets high. I know that's something that I don't necessarily do. We don't stand up all the way, but you got you to gotta flash it up. You got to stand it up each and every time. Um, and then you go back down you, you could switch your stance up However you need to Feet parallel versus toes out Versus wide versus narrow um, As long as you're breaking parallel And standing up That would be most important And then finally uh, You're back on your last run So I've got some final thoughts here. Uh, number one, for anybody planning to do this, uh, good luck and thank you for putting in the hard work. These things are not easy. This workout specifically, again, is a rite of passage. This thing is hard and can mess people up. Uh, but for those who can get through it and who can muster through it uh, and honor um, some of our fallen veterans, uh, this this is you know, why we continue to push. They pay the ultimate sacrifice so that we could, uh, live in comfort, um, and push onward for them, right. And and keep their memories going and whatnot. So, uh, good luck to everybody out there. Um, for those who care, some of the things I'm going to wear tomorrow, virus shorts, compression shorts, because I want to make sure my legs don't get all flushed up with a lot of blood and all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to wear some Nike flex shorts on top of that that match my Metcon free uh, shoes because we're going to be running two miles and I like the elevation on the heel a little bit more because it allows me some good squat depth but they're pretty flat too while they're soft for running they're really flat and they, they make me feel really really stable I'll be wearing just a, probably one of our gym t-shirts, probably a cotton blend because they breathe a little bit better. And that's going to act as protection from my 5'11 tactical uh, plate carrier um, that I'll be wearing. I'll be wearing a 20-pound uh, deal, and I will be partition, partitioning it. My goal is either the 5 push-up, 5 pull-up, 5 push-up, 15 squats, or... Depending on how I feel in the morning, I'll, I'll probably I might do arm and hammers, fifty rounds, two pull-ups, four push-ups, six squats. Because Lord knows I haven't been hitting any large set workouts recently, and I think that was my issue last year. I thought I was going to do really well doing the five-five-five, fifteen um, style workout, and I kept burning out in the squat, which was squats, which was really. Uh, different for me because I usually excel at those but it makes sense because as I was heavily into Olympic weightlifting I was I wasn't hitting 
numbers like 15, my squat sets would hit like five. Granted, they were with a lot of weight or whatever, but uh, that's something to also kind of keep in mind there, right? And that's why we want to break up the rounds so that you can feel pretty solid when you're moving through this. Otherwise, uh, thank you to our U.S. military. Thank you to Michael, Lieutenant Michael Murphy uh, for the ultimate sacrifice and this badass workout. And thank you to the CrossFit community uh, for kicking ass. Good luck. And I'll see you on the flip side. Be kind to one another.